Welcome to Spiritual Sisters Collective, raw and real, with me, your host, Lisa Williams. The show where I have raw and real inspirational conversations around spirituality, mental health, well-being, business, and so much more. Do also look out for additional episodes coming to you live on Sundays with meditations, card pulls, and some very special guests doing some storytelling. And I'm so excited that we have also launched Spiritual Sisters Collective Raw and Real Community. So if you're looking for a supportive community of like-minded souls on their spiritual journeys, then look no further. Come and join our Patreon community for just £3, 33 pence per month. The link is in the show notes. I also want to extend my huge amount of gratitude to my beautiful guests, to you gorgeous listeners, and to our sponsor of Raw and Real, the very beautiful Liz Clifton from Take Three For You. Here's what she has to say. Breathe in for one, breathe out for two. Congratulations, you just took three for you. I'm Liz Clifton, founder of Take Three For You and Family Dog Connection, and I'm super excited to be sponsoring this season's Raw and Real podcast. I'm on a mission to empower you and at least three million individuals of any species to create their own clear, calm, connected confidence to choose to be yourself with anyone, anywhere, at any time, starting with just three seconds a day. So if you're looking to get calm, let's connect with so much love, light and gratitude for you exactly as you are now and always. Now let's get on with today's raw and real conversation. We have an amazing guest in the house. Please do introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Rachel Kudran. I am the owner of an Etsy boutique and RC copywriting. I come from the central US and now I live in France. Amazing. We've actually had the pleasure of connecting in person and I just love your energy. I love your outlook on life. You're such a ray of sunshine is how I would describe you because you're just always smiling. You're there for everybody else. Let's talk about that transition then from being in the States to being in France. Like how did that come about? Because that is a move. That is a heck of a move. Yeah, it really is. Um, it started off when my um, my husband came and studied at my American university and we met and we started dating three days later. And then four years after that, he proposed on the same day that we met at the same place. And um, we got married actually 19 days later because there was issues with his visa and stuff like that. And so that is how a Frenchman came into my life. And then after that, we stayed for uh, six years in the U.S. He moved to the U.S. and um, stayed there for six years. And then we decided always in the back of our minds that we wanted to move to France. It was going to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of 2018 in December, we finally decided to take the jump 
Mm-hmm. It was just three months prior that we found out that we were expecting our first child, yeah. but we went ahead anyway. We just bulldozed right through and we moved here to France. Um, and to put this into perspective is that neither of us had any jobs. We didn't have a house we were moving to. We didn't know what we were going to do. Also, I didn't speak French at the time. Mm-hmm. I was pregnant. I, I, you can just imagine all of these things that made it difficult. But you went ahead anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I am the type of person that I'm just ready to jump in. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm going to do something, even if I'm not prepared, we're just going to jump straight into the water and see if I sink or swim. Um, I, I'm just like that. Like, I don't need all of the answers first. It's like, okay, let's go get some experience and learn along the way. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So how are you finding it now? Like if those, you know, a few years down the line, how did it all unfold to where you are in this moment? Oh man, there's so many <laughs> things to talk about here. Um, so at the beginning, um, I moved at the end of 2018, mm-hmm. 2019 in June, my daughter was born, but between December and June, as uh, probably other than currently right now is the hardest part of my life. Um, I went through a really severe depression because I'm a very autonomous person. I like the freedom. I like to make my own choices. I like to be able to take care of my own things mm-hmm. and quite Literally, the moment that my foot stepped off the plane in France, all of that was simultaneously taken from me. And because of language, and I couldn't do anything on my own. I couldn't open a bank account. I couldn't buy a car. I couldn't go and buy essentials for a house, um, like a dryer or a washing machine or things like that. Um, I couldn't understand the intricacies of opening a bank account in the U.S. Uh, in France, not the U.S. And my husband had to go with me to every single appointment uh, with my daughter. And I was quite literally treated as sort of a third person to my own pregnancy. Yeah. And every single time I would go to the hospital afterwards I would just break down in tears as soon as I got in the car because it's incredibly disarming to not be part of your own pregnancy. Like the doctors, they didn't talk to me. They'd only talk to my husband because he could speak French. Like we would talk about things beforehand and then they would have the discussions, you know, like, the doctor may be touching me or the nurse or whoever. Um, but then they would talk to Thomas and it's just, I would never wish that experience on any other female. It, it was really, really difficult. And also I was away from all of my family. I didn't have any friends because I couldn't communicate with the people here. I, was completely alone to be honest um and really the only thing that gave me hope was the fact that I was having a child and it was probably 
my worst bout of depression I had. And I journaled during the time, during that time. And looking back at it now, it's, it's incredibly difficult for me to read because the things that I was going through and the way that I felt and just how isolated I felt um, was really traumatic. And luckily, and my daughter was born healthy and happy in June. And she gave me uh, a purpose again. She allowed me to see the beauty and the joy in life and that it was necessary for me to evolve in this country and learn how to interact with its members um, for me to be happy and for me to be able to provide for her. But then, (laughs) but then, then, (laughs) yes, about a year in, I went through depression again, because then I was only a mother. I had, I had my purpose back for a year and I knew like what I was meant to do. Where did I need to be? How did I need to do it? And that, and babies take up all of that time and space and energy. But at about a year, things were going a little bit easier by then. She had just started sleeping most of the night and I kind of found myself I don't have a purpose anymore like all of my purpose was to take care of this baby for um, the last year and when I moved from the U.S. I did have um, a business that me and my husband ran together but we had to shut it down when I moved because it was just too complicated to move it overseas and I went back to to that space. And I remembered when I was creating, when I was designing, um, when I was interacting with people is really what gave me purpose and meaning to my life. And it was something I wanted to return to. And so then in, it would have been the summer of 2020, because Noah was born in the summer of 2019, right in the middle of the pandemic, I decided for relaunching um, my business. And I changed some parts of it, but that really, that decision alone helped drag me, well, not drag me, uplift me yeah. out of my depression and gave me purpose again. It allowed me to start connecting with people and building relationships. It allowed me to meet people online. Mm-hmm. And I know online that people get a bad rap, that they think, why do you spend so much time online? You must be addicted to social media. You must be addicted to having other people uh, opinions or things like that. But for me, it was actually a safe space. It was a space where I got to interact with my native language, with people that were also business owners that were caring, that understood what I was going through. Also, they were mothers. They could relate to my story. And slowly and surely that helped me gain my confidence back again. And because when I looked in the mirror before, I didn't even recognize that person. I was just like maybe a fraction of what I was before I moved because so many things had changed. And so much of the core of who I was was taken from me. Yeah, I mean, I can still see like in your eyes and, and the tone of your voice, like it's still very raw for you, like just kind of reliving that. 
Um, but you're so right, because I think for so many business owners and entrepreneurs, when we did go through the pandemic, it was a chance for us to to connect with other like-minded women, to know that we were not alone. It was such a savior. And I think just for people's mental health and well-being, not just the business side of things, like it was just to be able, like you said, to connect and to speak. How did you find sort of navigating having a little one when there was that language barrier? Because I suppose you you were in lockdown as well, so it's difficult. So there would be no play groups and things to go and coffee mornings locally because of the lockdown as well so how how did you find that because let's be fair becoming a new mum is the most beautiful experience but it's hard and it's lonely so talk to me about that part of it all of that is true it is hard it is lonely and for me I had already spent like a year alone lonely with my child my husband went back to work just two weeks after she was born Mm -hmm. um and so I was with her all day every day by myself and had been for months so for me the lockdown didn't change that much because at I didn't know anybody at the time. So I wasn't in any mommy groups. I wasn't in any uh, play groups. I didn't take my child anywhere because I, one, it wasn't until about six or seven months after I lived here that I got my first car. Um, And I also didn't feel confident because I knew that I didn't have the language to communicate with people. So uh, we just continued to do what we did before. I've always read to my daughter, played games, like even when she was young, just interacting with her and focusing all of my attention on her. And then when I restarted my business in that summer, the balance between the two actually, I felt made me a better mom where I wasn't like loathing or resenting spending all the time with her every day because my husband was off during that time, some of the time too, because it was a little bit different here in France. And mm-hmm. sometimes some of it, he worked, some of it, he didn't, even when you were in lockdown, sometimes he went to work, sometimes he didn't. And so that he kind of was another person into our lives and we would go on walks. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we lived in an area that was very countryside and have a large yard and we have a dog. So we would go outside, play with her. Um, And just kind of go about our lives in a sense of as if it was normal, except for you just didn't see family members. Like you didn't see family and I didn't have any friends. So it wasn't like I didn't see any of my friends because they weren't there. Um, And I interacted with people online and that was just the norm at the time. And it helped me recover from my depression and from the state of mind that I was in. Talk to me about the finding yourself again, because so many of my listeners listeners will resonate as whether they're mums or not. Just as women, we are natural caregivers, right? We we look after our, our partners, our, our relatives. We're always nurturing others. Um, and I feel that so many women do lose themselves by being those natural caregivers to everybody else. 
hello we've got a visitor it's fine <laughs> come and say hi hi how are you she says we were, hello Can we were just hi? hello we were just talking about you are you okay today you are what are you doing yeah what are you doing today what are you doing baby i can't hear i know you can't hear i can hear uh, no, ma'am. What What do you need, sweetie? I want I want a snack. Well, you can get an apple from the kitchen. No, I want I want Tala. No, ma'am, not right now. I want Kinder Bingo. Honey, you can't reach those. Or if you can take a chair, then you can get them. Well, how how high how high are they? Okay, honey. Hi, how, how, how high are they? Yeah, I I don't know. You'll have to take a chair and look, honey. If you can't, then an apple will have to do. Please shut the door. Okay. Oh my goodness, that's just so cute. And I'm totally not editing that out because we're going to keep it raw and real. This is it, what it's like to be a mama bear, right? It's like never ending and we have to sometimes juggle work and, and all of the things. And this brings me into what we were saying. <laughs> As natural caregivers, um, we often lose ourselves to everything else going on around us. So it's so important that we do something for ourselves that we enjoy, whether that's painting or dance or music. So what is it that really found Mama. Rachel again? Mama. The first thing that did, the first thing that made me find myself again was actually painting. I was, I went to get a massage mm -hmm. and it was a day where I was feeling really overwhelmed and on their counter, they had a little brochure for a painting class. And I was terrified because I'm like, I do not speak enough French to go to a painting class. I take the brochure anyway, and my husband finds it. He's like, so you're going to go? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. And he's like, no, no, you should go. It'll be no, fine. And I'm like, and what about if it's like teaching us a course or something? Like, I am not going to understand anything. And he's like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll just go. And I suppose part of it is my natural personality. I, what I mentioned before, I just sort of jump into things and like figure it out along the way. And so my husband convinces me to go to this class. And I am absolutely terrified, but I do it anyway. And I have always loved drawing and painting but I've always kept that kind of on the side mm -hmm. and so this this class kind of put me front and center in the spotlight of being able to paint or not and Mama. I had never used watercolor and I didn't even know if I could because even though I had liked it I always kept it to the side and because members of my family were much better at it than me so I sort of like hid my talent if you will mm -hmm. and there was something that occurred in that class. I, the teacher welcomed me. It was obvious that I didn't understand a lot of French, but it was going to be okay. And we were going to work with uh, work together through it because she didn't speak a lot of English. And she would help me. And I, I painted this bird. Uh, the first time I ever painted watercolor, I painted this bird. And somehow, I don't know how, but it turned out magnificent. And one second, honey, I'm finishing sleeping. And 
it turned out magnificent. And I decided to give it to my father-in-law for his birthday because he loved birds. And I, this, this was very out of character for me. I have never once shared my paintings, drawings, uh, canvases with anyone except for myself or my husband. He just happens to see them. Mm-hmm. And well, my father-in-law was like blown away. He was just like, I didn't even know you had this talent. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> and mama, um, mama, that was the first thing that happened that really brought me back to myself was I I actually had to push myself outside of my comfort zone far to discover who I was again as a person and to discover my creativity again. And after that experience, I completely overhauled my business. I chose, I changed it. I was doing wire wrapping, which is fun and everything. And it is creative, Mm -hmm. but I didn't speak to my soul. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to change everything to painting mama and so every time I'm working on one of my pieces it reminds me of that experience and brings me a little bit closer to myself I just love that and do you know what I love about art hi mom I want some chips chips sound fabulous I have to say (laughs) okay 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 thank you okay honey you're gonna have to stay over there until this is over okay can you please shut the door oh bless adorable absolutely adorable (laughs) um what I love about art is in all sense because I dance and I you know that's part of art is that it's a universal language isn't it so whether that be through painting or music or dance that universal language that we we understand through through that piece um which I think is a fabulous thing to do in a situation where you can't physically have a conversation but you can express yourself and everyone can recognize you know your gift through that way which is just so beautiful so you've really as the word of 2020 pivoted in so many ways in your business so tell the listeners what you do now apart from being a mama to a very adorable little one The first thing I do is I am a jewelry designer and I have an Etsy shop called Kudron's Curiosities. Mm-hmm. And so I hand paint all of my pieces, whether that be earrings or studs or keychains, and then I ship them all over the world. And then last year, a year ago, last month, I launched my copywriting business. Yeah. Because as you were saying, when you talk about art, writing is also an art and it for me even though people see them yards apart like I'm painting versus writing for me it's like in the same realm that it's it's an art it's artful to be able to create pieces or passages that resonate with people and motivate them to purchase an item from you I find that an art and for me it makes me so happy when I can convey my clients' stories to somebody else. And then they resonate with those words that they want to work with them as well. It just brings so much purpose and meaning to my life. And I know it's exactly what I should be doing. Yeah, I love that. You're so right. Because copywriting, you know, it's storytelling. And then it's a way of knowing others, isn't it? It's just, they're all so powerful. All of those mediums of art are so powerful. And 
what I love is obviously I've met you in person, but if I can see like the way when you start talking about it, I can just see your whole body language change. You're like your demeanor, your face lights up, you're smiling because it is a passion. And I just love that. If there's any listeners who are listening, who are maybe they're caregivers, you know, to children, to relatives, what tip would you give if they feel like you did where they, where they just feel lost and they just don't know who they are anymore? What would you say? I would tell them to sit alone for a minute first and think what, remember a time when you were feeling passionate and what were you doing or what were you thinking or where were you or who were you with? And then select one of those thoughts and go and do that. So if you need to go and spend time with a friend that last time you were with them, you felt very passionate or empowered. If that means that you need to go and run three miles because you feel powerful when you run, then that's what you should do. If it means that you're on the brink of wanting to start your business, but you're held back from being a mom, but you feel so impassioned when you think about your business, then I suggest that you take that next step and go for it. Absolutely. And one thing I would say to add to that is when we look after ourselves, and I don't mean just self-care as in bubble baths, I mean, we look after our inner passion and we create whatever that is. Everybody benefits in our family as well, because when we're happier doing what we love to do, they will feel that energy. They will feel that happiness because they will see that. And obviously you have a little one. I have a teenager and they copy what we're doing. And if they can see that we are happy doing what, what we do, it gives them inspiration to be happy to do and follow their dreams as well. So it is actually a really beautiful ripple effect. And I think so many women have the guilt and they feel selfish for doing what they want to do when in fact like I just said it actually will benefit everybody in the long run when you actually do something that you know sparks and speaks to your soul it's just so beautiful you've been an absolute pleasure today as a guest as has your little one absolutely adorable and we're we're not going to edit it out because it's just beautiful um all of your links and things will be in the show notes you are an absolute delight sharing your love with the world you honestly your smile could light up a whole room it really really could thank you so much for being here thank you for being in my world both in person and online and I look forward to speaking to you very soon much love take care thank you so much Lisa it's been a pleasure for me to be on this podcast with you and you have made my heart so full today and I have enjoyed every second of it lots of love Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Raw and Real. And to find out more about what I do at Spiritual Sisters Collective, you can visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Spiritual Sisters Collective or come and find out the gorgeous offerings that we have at the moment at spiritualsisterscollective.vipmembervault.com And if you enter the code LOVE24, you will have a very magical offering. Until next time, look after yourselves. Take care.